Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Disney Time Podcast. I'm your host, Micah, and joining me today is my co-host, Nelson. Yo! How's it going today, Nelson? Hey, going okay. How about you? It's uh, going pretty well. I just came back from a trip to Disneyland. We went to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge again uh, nice. for the second time. Alrighty. So, um, on today's episode, for all you listeners out there, we're going to be talking about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Um... If you, like I just mentioned, I came back from uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge yesterday, which was the 8th. And we also did go, Nelson did get a chance to go with me on the 31st, which was the grand opening. Yes, opening day for the the public, at least. For the public, right. with reservations. (laughs) So technically, uh, soft opening uh, for for those with reservations. Right. Um, So on today's episode, we will be going over our opening day experience and then also for those of you who have upcoming reservations that haven't gone yet, what you guys could be expecting to see in terms of and also like what you should expect to do when you go there to your reservation. All right. So lots of content here. Right, Nelson? Oh, uh, man. Yeah, there's so much stuff to go over. <laughs> yeah. So let's start with, you know, what we did for opening day, which was the 31st. Uh, I remember we we had mentioned earlier, like in earlier episodes that um, we we knew that the parking will be opening at midnight on the 31st. Right. Uh, which would allow for people to line up for merchandise because the merchandise supposedly would start selling at 2 a.m. Um, but we know otherwise after going through that, what happened. Right. Um, so do you want to go over what, what we did, you know, in terms of arriving for parking and getting there early? Yeah, so, I mean, the night before we were both discussing like okay so we know parking is going to be open at midnight when do you actually want to get there so we were debating on when exactly we should go (laughs) and uh, i mean i thought it would have been super crazy if we actually did arrive by midnight definitely man like we would have had to been obviously camping out which yes. I wasn't really like for. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we came to a happy-ish medium of like, we were planning to arrive by four in the morning or so. Uh, turns out we did arrive around 4.30. Um, yep. But um, when we got there, we were actually expecting to go directly to the parking garage. But as it turns out, when we were going over like the, like the overpass that like goes right next to the parking garage, we saw it was completely empty. And so we're like okay did did like are there did not they fill enough, up yeah is it like not enough people to actually like fill up that level that we could see as we're passing by it but as it turns out they didn't even open the garage and all the other signs were pointing to the external disneyland parking lots and in this case the toy story lot right so we w- went back and reviewed and apparently the notice was for disney parking not necessarily the garage so yeah we, we just had assumed it was the garage um but obviously that wasn't the case but the um the good thing is that when we got to the toy story parking we parked like literally straight across from where they do the pickups right uh, so at, we were maybe Woody. like i don't know four or five spaces in right right before the the pickup so so it yeah. was it was easy uh, for us just to get to the um to the pickup 
to get to the shuttle, which was convenient. Right. And I mean, that was our first, my, excuse me, my first concern was getting a parking spot <laughs> because right. like we right. were just saying, like uh, they announced beforehand that parking was going to open up at midnight. So I'm like, oh my goodness, they're anticipating that, <laughs> like the need to do this. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, thankfully, like, it wasn't as busy as uh, we had anticipated, essentially, so... Right. I mean, well, there were a lot of people parked already, but it wasn't, like, a full parking lot when we got there. So. Yeah, again, it wasn't anywhere near what we were expecting. And then, um, so we got in the shuttle, and then we talked to the, uh, the bus driver a little bit about what we were doing and how it's going to be opening and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we got to the front, which where they dropped us off, where all the buses go, um, we walked right to the security check and it was pretty smooth. Don't you think? Oh yeah. The entire process was, uh, almost like any other, um, rope drop <laughs> opportunity. Right, right, right. And then, um, of course we started walking and ex- I was expecting the promenade to be full of people. Right. Um, I was expecting it to be completely packed as well. Yeah. Like, like wall to wall people, um, but when we got there, uh, the, we went by cl- close to the ticket booths and saw, I would say, about 400 people yeah. that were there. I mean, definitely, again, not as many as we were expecting. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is confusing because I thought that there were going to be a lot of people because, you know, hype and all this stuff. Exactly. So, yeah, we essentially got there. We were waiting there since 4.30 a.m. They Then they started letting some of that group in into the park Mm -hmm. um and then uh turns out they were sorting us out um when we got in you either go to the left side or the right side um and the right side was for people who had 8 a.m the 8 a.m reservation check-ins right um and the left side was for people who were gonna be buying merch uh, like limited merch um and you know opening day merch stuff um so what did you think of that process of you know getting in there that early for the merch and stuff i for one thought it was confusing what did you think oh yeah i was also confused as um when we were walking down um i guess even past the flagpole there is a cast member saying like yes if you want if you're here for your 8 a.m reservation stay on the right and if you want merch particularly they even said like opening day merch um go down main street and stay on the left side and they essentially they were pointing us like we you should go to launch bay right and i mean as it turns out all the other pretty much all the other um like retail locations throughout the park had opening day stuff like merch to buy as well correct so we were like talking to ourselves like were these cast members just not informed (laughs) or they were just obviously just a misunderstanding and so i mean um, yeah we obviously found out like on our own that yeah i mean we could buy all this other um opening day stuff and we went to star traders because we joined the big line over at launch bay for merch um initially waited there for almost a good two hours but um thankfully like we we've then found out that no i mean it's it, all this other stuff is available other in other locations and particularly like um when theo was walking downstairs with zane there was like pretty much no one in line for star traders so she ended up you know you asked her to line up there and we joined her and that's where we got our stuff yeah so for what it looked like for the the reason why they made us go to the second floor launch bay is because there were some second floor launch bay exclusive items that um, 
people really wanted to buy. I feel like the people that were in line for that were the quote unquote scalper guys. You know, the ones that buy up all the merch and then, and then sell it, resell it resell on eBay. It, yeah. That's um, what it looked like. Those guys, you know, they look really sketchy with the hats and stuff and they keep going over to the cast members and all that. Remember those guys? Yeah. Yeah. I felt like those were the, the hardcore, either they're hardcore collectors or they were, you know, the ones that try to buy all the merch because I mean, they were the ones in the front of the line, basically. Yeah, that's a possibility. But I mean, they did state even on the pamphlets that the cast members had that you're limited to only buy one. one. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's probably they were probably getting upset at the fact they could only buy one. Um, but it's like you could buy one of each thing. And there were a lot of things and they were really expensive, like the jumbo pins. Oh, the Remember jumbo, the jumbo pin was, I think, sixty five dollars. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was a set too, like a, a pin set. That was like 80 bucks. And yeah. I was like, wow. But you could only get those ones at the second floor launch bay, which is probably why they were. That is true. That's they probably were. why the big rush of people right. went to launch bay because there's definitely exclusive stuff at launch bay. Exclusive, not, yep. Not available at the other locations. But um, in all honesty, I was just wanting the AP opening day stuff. <laughs> right, and they had plenty of that throughout the park. Yeah. Even Pooh Corner. Right, Pool exactly. Corner so. So, which was why we got out of that long line, because I feel like that would have been chaos if we had tried to, you know, just stay in there and go in and buy the stuff from there. Oh, I agree. Especially because we weren't trying to get Launch Bay exclusive stuff, you know. Yeah. I, and but, I think only the yeah. Launch Bay exclusive stuff was pins, in all honesty. Pins. Yeah. They were like the jumbo pins and the limited pins, like limited edition pins. So, I mean, we were able to get some limited release pins, but... Um, yeah. But, uh, I mean, they were obviously available at other locations. Right, right. Um, so let's talk about the stuff we did get uh, for opening day. And then they do still have opening season merch. You can still get it at those locations that we mentioned, like pretty much all the retail locations. Mm-hmm. You can still get opening season merch. Um, so what did you get that was uh, specific to opening day when we went there to so, uh, Star Traders? Yeah, um, for me, I personally got uh, the AP opening day shirt mm. so it's the dark or the navy blue shirt um that has the 0531 cleared for landing millennium falcon image on it and uh yeah that one's obviously yeah again it's exclusive for ap and it's the the shirt the only shirt that has the actual 531 on it um, i got that for myself um i did get the opening day shirt that's non-ap so it, uh, anyone can buy this shirt well, if they have stock um, for I got that for my brother-in-law and then I also got an R2D2 tumbler for my sister and, and uh, you also got an opening season uh, polo shirt did you mention oh that that's too? right yeah I did get the the polo shirt and on it it just says Star Wars Galaxy's Edge uh, 2019 and then on the sleeve it has Disneyland and also I'm guessing Disneyland in Arabish oh yeah yeah yeah. So. So yeah, I I, uh, I too I got the I got the opening day pin, the limited release one, and also the the Millennium Falcon shirt with the 531 on it, just like uh, you did. Right. So yeah, those were uh, those were pretty cool. I I like that we were able to get it. And uh, again, they they let us buy it at 8 a.m. when the park opened. Uh, yep. So it was good thing we were like only six people in the line. Um, another thing to note is that they only let us buy one of those of those items at a time yeah per transaction uh, we to, yeah per transaction then we had to get back in line if we wanted to get another of the same thing right basically. and also another note um at least for the that opening day i don't know if it's the same when you went again yesterday mm-hmm. but um for at star traders they actually had par- partitioned out the store oh yeah um yeah to separate the um especially the the um 
opening day and AP stuff. They had us like they separated out part of the store to only have that Galaxy's Edge stuff, and you can you only could enter the store on the left side when facing the store, which is the close to the uh, the exit of Space Mountain. Correct. So um, I I don't know if it's the same when you if you got a chance to see it yesterday, but uh, yeah, I took a look and it's not. It's actually like regular star traders again ah okay so i guess that was just for the opening day stuff because that definitely would have sold out right right by now at least which is uh, a week after <laughs> yeah I, i'm i'm pretty sure most of it has but um it turns out Risso also uh went yesterday uh-huh. and um she did get a um an ap opening season shirt but not the oh, good. opening day. Good. Um, but apparently she did tell me that they still had opening day AP shirts, but it was only available in small. So Oh, so I'm guessing they just like obviously the other sizes just sold out, so they just right, have right. small remaining. So there you have it people if you um, if you have a reservation coming up, then they probably only have the small or none at all basically. Right. And that, that was as day. of June 8th. So, yeah, that's um, that's the stuff for merch. So they still do have opening season items, just oh, like Nelson right. mentioned. I, I um, believe gonna keep I, I want to say the opening season stuff should be available throughout, I guess, opening season. So maybe even through right. like July, August. Right, right. Even. Yeah. Just the whole opening season. You know, when when people go even after the reservation period ends, right. they'll probably still have merch for you guys to buy um, outside of Galaxy's Edge, because Galaxy's Edge is another thing that we're going to mention about the merch too all right so um let's talk about what happened after that because you know we we bought our merch then we pretty much just waited right right because our reservation time wasn't until 2 p.m yeah and and just watching what the people were doing um they they went in to bottom floor launch bay to do their you know check-in for a reservation for you know the different groups right and that's where you get your wristband which are color-coded they don't right, just exactly. have the like the actual direct information of like the date and time window, but they are each time window has a different color band. And uh, not only that, but they also have to activate them as well. So. Oh right! After one cast member puts it on you before you exit the building, there is a little QR code that a second cast member scans it before you exit. Right. So yeah. So so when we uh, did our check-in, uh, let's talk about when we did our check-in. So we were allowed to do to go two hours earlier before our check-in um, on that day, on that 31st. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bit of a difference here for what I noticed from yesterday when we went. Uh, we were actually allowed to check in way earlier than two hours before. Um, so because of that, it allowed for more flow. There was pretty much nobody when we got there to go in. Then they just let us in uh, and check in as well. So I was like, okay. Um, this is different. Well, that's so, good though. Yeah, yeah. There were no, there was not a big group, you know, bunched up, just like what happened on the, um, you know, uh, on the thirty first. Right. Um, when it was that two hour window, everybody was lined up and they all, you know, went in at the same time. Um, so yesterday was a lot smoother because we just walked in, got our bands, got them activated, then walked out. It was really smooth. Um, so I would say we were about two and a half hours out uh, from our reservation time when we went in. So I was surprised. I was like, wow, they're letting us. Uh, check in that early hmm. um yeah so after that you kind of just wait until you know it's time for your to go in and you, uh, did you enter through the same side as our first day yes they had us enter through the uh hungry bear entrance now that one got really bunched up so at first they didn't you know how um on the 31st they let us go onto the the ramp the you know that by the water right they let us go there uh bef- 
So if it wasn't, you know, at least 30 minutes before, people were waiting by that sign that said Hungry Bear. Uh, they weren't letting them go down into the that area where we were queued up. Oh, um, from so the, the actual long pathway. Yeah, that long pathway. They didn't let us queue up there until at least 30 minutes before. And so we queued up there 30 minutes before. Then they let it, they brought us to another staging area, which was inside Galaxy's Edge, but it was kind of like the overflow area for the Rise of the Resistance, you know? Mm-hmm. It was in that area. They let us there. They didn't let us go into Galaxy's Edge until the actual t- date, uh, time, 5 o'clock. So we were just waiting there until 5 o'clock, which was about like 15 minutes. We're just waiting in that staging area. Hmm. So that was a little bit different too because um, when we went on opening day, they just let us in. We let us all walk in to Galaxy's Edge at our time. So right. if you remember that, we were just staged on that, you know, the long entrance by Hungry Bear and then... We all walked in at the same time into Galaxy's Edge, yep. um, which we didn't do yesterday. And I was like, wow, they're going to just have us wait here. But it makes kind of sense because they didn't want, you know, the regular guests to be overwhelmed with a lot of other people, you know. Oh, if they were still lingering on that area with like the X-Wing and the A-Wing. Yeah, yeah. You know, they didn't want you didn't want guests to be overwhelmed by the new group coming in and stuff stuff like that. So, yeah, that's what happens. Um, That's what you can expect. Uh, You can check in earlier than two hours and then uh, it it becomes a little bit different when they they stage you before you go in. Hmm. Um, So that was that. And then let's talk about when we walked in there on that side um what did you think when you first walked in nelson well i was in shock and awe and complete excitement just wanting to see what the heck is over here and the first thing we come across is an a-wing yeah that's pretty cool and then uh there's an x-wing right next to it and uh and then on the uh, uh, opposite side yeah right on the opposite side there was this one archway that um wasn't being used currently but we're speculating that this might be the entrance for the rise of the resistance ride right so because i mean there's no signage yet but um it just looking at also at the map uh, on the disneyland app there's this like zigzag and kind of like path looking um just from an overhead view so we're thinking like yeah this is probably the line queue (laughs) right right exactly exactly so I guess what they're calling that area is the resistance side mm-hmm. um, because it's got, you know, it's got the X-Wing, it's got the A-Wing, and right. those are resistance fighters. Um, so, yeah, there was that. And then, um, so we were just, like, in there for a little bit exploring, right? Uh, yeah, so our plan was to just, um, once we got to that first area, was to just let the remainder of the people kind of just walk by us. So right, that right, right. It, be- it, it kind of clears up, and we're able to even just walk around. <laughs> Yes, yes, because it was like, you know, there there are a lot of people lingering in that area um, right at the beginning. And they are doing, you know, what we're trying to do is, you know, video and picture yeah, and everything. Pictures and just take it in, really. Right. So that's what we were just sitting back a little. Since we had four hours, basically, to, to explore. Um, right. That's what we did. We were just like hanging back and then waiting until it was clear. Then we started doing our thing. Right. Um, there Over there, they had they have a merch cart for the mm-hmm. resistance items uh what are the types of things that they sell there you you saw some of the stuff they sell right yeah so they had some like kids costumes and like even uh, i think they had some adult jackets too right that looked like um either uh the resistance pilots outfit or even um the jedi cloaks right um and they even had uh the resistant pilot helmets for oh yeah uh, oh for yeah sale of course they had like figurines and toys and even some cups and mugs um, yeah so it's it's a lot of uh, a resistance merch type deal there yeah uh, 
Um, but the very first thing I actually bought in Galaxy's Edge was the uh, thermal detonator sodas. Oh, yeah, because they have the cart there, huh? They had a cart at, right at that end of the land. So when I saw it there, they had like three bins. Well, technically four, because they also had Dasani water bottles. But um, when I saw them right there, I'm like, ooh, let me buy these right now. <laughs> so... And I wasn't off. Um, I was speculating that um, each of them, each of the sodas was about five bucks, and each was actually five fifty. So <laughs> right, right. I and that they they called them uh, credits. Oh right, that's right. So yeah, all of the cast members in the Galaxy's Edge were they're definitely in character. They're, in character, they have yep. a a specific greeting. Um, when they, you know, when you first meet them and talk to them, they're right. they say bright suns. Yeah, and it's like good morning or good afternoon. That's right. Yeah, right there. that's uh, that's uh, I guess their way of greeting. Um, yes. In Batu, so that's how. And then when it gets to nighttime, then, when it gets to nighttime, they say rising moons. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that's their nighttime greeting right there. Oh, nice. I wonder. Yeah. So if bright suns is like the equivalent of good afternoon, because we went at two p.m. originally i wonder if there's a morning greeting Maybe i think they say rising suns also suns. i think they say bright suns also oh okay i think that's their general hello greeting oh yeah but yeah um they did say rising moon says because it was like dusk so mm-hmm. yeah I heard it was at like 5 wow. p.m yeah but um yeah it was um that's that's their greeting and then so you got your your thermal detonator uh sodas for mm-hmm. five point five credits each right um what did you think of of the design because you, you know, you got a close-up look of it. Oh, um, I mean, it's a pretty generous bottle. Uh, it's actually a bit bigger than a. It's I think thirteen and a half ounces, so bigger than a standard twelve ounce. Yeah, yeah, um, it's bigger than can. a can there. Yep. Um, so I mean, it's that. Is it, you're pretty much paying for the design because it is a spherical bottle, and then the 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 top. It's more of a cap like the part that looks like a gear mm-hmm. um that's uh, that comes off and then under is the standard uh coke bottle uh screw ah, on cap ah, yes yes so just be wary that um that cap that looks like a gear that pops off yeah i noticed that it popped off of yours uh, a couple times there yeah like i accidentally dropped it a couple like it thankfully on top of a table but it did kind of pop off when we were eating later that day but yeah. So uh, we kept walking a little bit, and then like, what was the first thing we saw? We saw the marketplace, right? Yeah, the, just... we passed through the marketplace first. Yeah, that was the first thing we took a look at, and, and um, it was exactly that. It was a marketplace. There was a whole bunch of merchandise and some snack stalls, and yeah, things just to buy. <laughs> it it reminded me kind of like a grand bazaar, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, you know, like in Turkey or in one of those Middle East countries, you know. Sure. Um, they had like things hanging from the the ceiling uh it's like a like a fabric you know mm-hmm. so it, it gave it that kind of feeling uh that you're in a, a desert country with, yeah with it, that. like if you were to relate it to a movie i guess it, it kind of s- would be reminiscent of even like tatooine tatooine yeah yeah kind of like that i'm, I'm like why do what's with the star wars and the desert uh, <laughs> the desert know, setting <laughs> theme yeah it's always it's it's like a desert setting all the yeah because even jakku is uh yeah jakku is all sand yeah i guess it's more convenient to film there in the desert <laughs> Maybe. Um, but yeah, uh, that was that was the feeling I got, the vibe I got. Um, so you start at one end, uh, and and if you like, the end that we started at was where they had the. Um, I guess it was the 
some of the merch shops like uh, they had the creature shop on that end and uh oh actually it was, it was the bathrooms and uh that's, uh-huh, the, that's where right. it starts it's like the bathrooms and you keep going and there's the the creature shop where you adopt creatures that are exotic you know from different planets um and then there's some more merch in there and then they have the popcorn stand also and then when you get to the the end of that line is the ronto roasters um, yeah that's right so that one they have a few a little bit of seating and but right in the center is the pod racing engine um that's like and then you see the the stuff that like the food that's on the spits and then the little droid who's turning it and he You're right. he's like yeah, complaining they do have, about turning it yeah it's a mock-up of a it's it's reminiscent of the the torture droid in Jabba the Hutt's... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, remember there's... it, Like, he was controlling a lever, and then it was, like, burning the feet of this other droid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, he looks like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it's pretty interesting how they did that. Yeah. Um, so, actually, yesterday I did get to try Ronto Rosers. Um, oh, cool. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I I bought the uh, the Ronto wrap and I also bought the jerky. So the they have two types of jerky. They have a spicy and they have a sweet. I bought the sweet jerky. Um, I thought the flavor was okay. Uh, it was very tough though. Oh. This is turkey jerky. It's, right. it's super tough. Like you really have to take like each fiber to eat it. You know, and you can't just so like, you really have to rip it across. Yeah, <laughs> rip it you off. Have to rip it on the fibers. Um, I tried the Ronto wrap and that was really good actually. <laughs> it was pretty good. It definitely looked good because I did see it um, when we went on the 31st. Uh huh. But um, I was more looking forward to trying the Docking Bay 7. Docking so Bay that's 7, why right. I didn't. And plus, when we were there, the line looked really long. So. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we. So when I tried the Ronto Roasters, um, I was debating on whether I should get more than one. Um, so I just settled on the jerky plus the, the one wrap because I was going to share it. Um, but, you know. I think it's overpriced, but it's definitely it's definitely good. It tastes very good, but it's just a little bit too pricey for me at twelve ninety nine for one of them. Ooh, wow, yeah, that is a bit steep. Yeah, that's why I was like, okay, maybe it, you know you, you get that discount for you know your annual. Oh, pass, okay, that's good that they um they accept annual pass. Yeah, discount. they they did, but it's you know like altogether it just took like a dollar or two off of the whole thing. Well, so I was like, right. okay, yeah, um, but it was it was still good. I, I really do like the flavors. That slaw that's in there is um it's it's good. It works with it. It cuts kind of the spice of the. It, it's not really spicy the sausage that's in there, but it it cuts it a little bit, you know. So uh, yeah. Ronto Roasters. Uh, if you guys, if you guys want go are over there, you want to try a snack. That's a good snack to try. Uh, I didn't nice. get to try any of the popcorn, but from what I hear, it's it's not the flavor. From I've heard some from some other people that the flavors are not you know a good combination. So yeah, I, um, just based off of the description when we went over the foodie guide, it seemed like a combo of uh, spicy and sweet. Right, right. That's that's what I've heard from people. It's just a sweet and spicy, but it doesn't doesn't work. Yeah, and actually looking at it, I mean, it's kind of like red colored. So yeah, I guess it would be more of like a maybe even cinnamon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I, well, I mean, we yeah, we didn't get to try it, but uh, they do have that um, like popcorn container that you can get with it. Yeah, it's a it's a popcorn bucket basically. Yeah, um, although it from what I saw, it's not really a bucket per se because I mean, it still holds the the popcorn box. Oh right, right. I guess they're gonna they call that a vessel. 
right they're, they're yeah. calling it because they're trying and to it, keep with a theme or whatever right because the little the the vessel then it looks like one of those little small rc droid cars that uh, that supposedly guide like you know oh, right, troopers right, right. across the ship yes yes so yes that's what that vessel looks like yeah i i did see some people walking around with it so mm-hmm. some people did try it <laughs> all right so yeah we so right after you walk out of the ronto roasters um you see some some buildings to the side of you yeah um, it kind of comes to a fork you can yeah, go there's like a left fork. or right. There's there's a left or right, yeah. And then on like like directly to your right or just in front, you'll see Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see the statue outside, like right outside. Um, there's like a woman statue, and then there's some more statues down below it. Um, there's a <laughs> there's always a line just to get in there uh, because they want to limit the amount of people that that walk inside the store. Sure. Uh, so I actually stood in line yesterday and and went in and I got some footage inside. It's pretty cool. They have Doc Honor himself is in there like counting his money or something. <laughs> um, yeah, he's um he is a uh, animatronic, um, but it's it's really cool. He's <laughs> he's pretty cool. Is it a um, pretty good lifelike one? Yeah, I was like, like uh, wow, Hondo he looks Anaka? like. Yeah, kind of like Hondo, and I was like, "Wow, this is really good." Um, you, you could kind of tell he's—I mean, you couldn't tell he's a—he's um, an animatronic, but he fits in really well, really nicely. Nice. Um, so yeah, that's Doc Ondar's. Uh, a little bit to the right of his shop is—it's um, going to be Savvy's workshop. There's a courtyard area down below, um, and that's where you purchase the lightsaber and then set up your appointment to go in and build the lightsaber so we didn't actually oh, go so in you there. have to purchase it like outside technically and that's then, right oh that's right. i didn't know that you have to buy it first and then set up your time to come back and go in and build it uh yeah so if you so let's talk let's talk a little bit first about what the like the stuff that you need to if you really want to do it um on your reservation like what you have to like immediately go to first um you know from our experience here um one of them is this, the Savvy's Workshop, um, because there's so many people that want to build a lightsaber. I'm just amazed at how many people want to shell out $200 plus to build a lightsaber. You know, um, it's it's I don't know, two hours of a wait or something like that just to get your name down or whatnot. Uh, well, not to get your name down, but to wait for yourself to build that lightsaber. Um what did you think, Nelson, of, you know, the fact that there's so many people trying to buy it, the lightsaber? Well, it's, uh, I honestly think it's more of the experience of right, uh, right. building your own lightsaber because, I mean, there's different aspects, um, there's different designs, and, of course, the different kyber crystals as well. So Definitely. it's actually, like, from a, um, I don't know what perspective you'd put it at, but, uh, I mean, outside of, like, the true hobbyists that actually make it a hobby and maybe even their um, their profession to actually make you know mock lightsabers right like uh Rissa's uh f- actual like close friends that's his hobby he right actually right. He does builds that. lightsabers yep. um yeah so i think this is like the first time this is like a, a as a even a toy or as a collectible type thing where you can actually build it as a just like as a regular consumer right right i see what you're saying because i mean um, uh, if it were if it was like say you're like your hobby like like a, again Rissa's friend um they get really into it but you know for this savvy's workshop approach it's more like approachable because it's just like you essentially just pick the available pieces that you know they provide and then they all kind of just snap together in a sense yeah so um i did watch a video of a walkthrough of somebody who went in and did it um mm-hmm. and it looks like um what did what you do is you after you 
you've told them the combo that you want, you know, um, they give you a, a pin. It's like a real Disney collectible trading pin, you know, um, nice. and then you, you have to wear it when you go in the workshop. The reason being is because it tells the workers what combination of parts to pull out from the drawer and put in front of you. Um, so like, you know, if you chose, I forgot what the different combos were, right, but like, yeah. yeah, so everybody starts with the same base. It's just like a, a tube. The handle, know? yeah. The handle, yeah. And then you put all the parts on top of it. Um, like you pretty much build it like that, but you start with a kyber crystal, obviously. Um, but yeah, the, the that pin that you're wearing pretty much indicates to them, oh, I have to pull out this shelf and then put it in front of them, right? To show them the options that they can, when they're putting the pieces together, um, select from. Uh, so so yeah, that's, that's basically what happens there. But the experience itself is super immersive because you have this whole... Um, they, they tell you, oh, the kyber crystal is this and it's very important because of that. You know, it's mm -hmm. like the main heart of the lightsaber. And then, you know, the, the room ambiance colors change based on the kyber crystal the guy's holding up and whatnot. Right. You know? um, so it, it's the whole experience, I think, is what you're paying for. Um, because if you look at the sabers themselves, they, they look plastic, like you mentioned before. I remember in an earlier episode, right. you did I mention mean, that. Just looking at pictures and... I've also seen a couple videos on Savi's workshop and yeah, I mean, just looking at the handles, like it's definitely not as high quality as like, say a nice metal one because right, yeah, these, right. these are plastic. Exactly. So that's what you should be expecting. If you're going to build a lightsaber, uh, expect the plastic lightsaber, but one that you add more pieces to. Um, another thing I didn't mention about Doc Ondar's is they do sell other kyber crystals. And oh, if you right. take yeah, those you could, kyber you crystals. Could, right. Purchase yep. uh, separate kyber crystals, not just the one that comes with the lightsaber. Yeah, you can buy it at Doc Ondar's and then put it in your um, lightsaber. There is something called a black kyber crystal i so, yeah i was wondering if i should mention that <laughs> yeah um this is okay um how do you get the black one because that's one so, of the ones that that people were like "Ooh, black right uh those are the obsidian um kyber crystals and they're with the dark side because if you put it one in your lightsaber the blade still comes out red mm. but um yeah the apparently the cast members to i don't mean to break the magic here but um when they restock the shelves for those red kyber crystals right um the kyber crystals when you when you go to purchase them they're in a little tube yeah a little tube and um you don't i mean you just they have like the green ones red ones blue they um, haven't labeled it or they have a, a color right label. yeah the actual tube is also that color so if you want a dark side lightsaber or i guess a red one in this case they're just um you know there's a section where you could just pick up a red kyber crystal right but apparently there's uh the cast members that restock the the um the, the those red, red kyber yep. red kyber crystal section um they only it's like apparently only a handful per day are technically a like there's a black one inside yes and they and they don't know which exactly have right the black yeah, they, in it. it's it's at complete random but it's guaranteed that there is some per day like the handful per day right that gets so, stocked up so it's completely by chance to for you for you to get pick one up so yeah there you go uh go into doc ondar's buy up all of the red ones oh if you gosh. want an obsidian one uh, but they are like 3.99 each so you got to be careful <laughs> you might end up spending all your money uh, but yeah uh so that's that's pretty much savvy's workshop for you guys um it, like like we said if you if that's something you really want to do you got to get there 
at, like right right when you get in because people do rush there um well i bet i mean yeah. i'd love to go there at one point but but that that so that's not the only thing people rush to <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know i'll let you talk about that all right so for me the the thing i wanted to do was go into Oga's cantina and and actually just film inside that's all i wanted to do i didn't even want to buy a drink i mean you know it would have been nice to buy a drink or something in there but i just wanted to see like dj rex i wanted to see the ambience take it in and, and see what's going on turns out so they implemented a virtual queue now so i thought oh virtual queue it means i could just get on the app and then you know put my name down on the queue right i was wrong so what happens is everybody that wants to go to Oga's cantina right when they let the groups in you go to the right they make you go to the right so you know on the right side of outside of the marketplace you keep walking you keep going yeah there's another pathway that's yeah the other open. pathway you just keep going there you keep walking and then where it goes to the first order like stocking place you know the, mm -hmm. the resupply area there's a line over there that they say okay this is where the line starts for the wait list to be put on to put your name down for the wait list for Ogus cantina and it was like literally everybody who had a reservation to that you know time slot was in line right there and so i was in line i was like okay this is cool i'll, I'll wait in line i'll get my name down on the wait list um so uh i was like i everybody you should know though that there's a chance that you're not gonna get in even if you are on the wait list um that's what they told us there's no guarantee even if your name is on the wait list that you'll get into Ogos cantina so i was like oh i'll risk it anyway i'll go in there uh I'll, I'll try to get my name on the list anyway so i i get to the front of the line very front of the line where i was like oh yeah i'm here i'm gonna get my name down and then they tell me to my face oh we're all out of names we can't put any more names down what <laughs> I was like, man, I should have, oh man, I don't know what else I could have done. I tried so hard. I was like rushing. I was like one of the first, I thought I was one of the first ones in, you know, to get in that line. But it looks like I was one of the, you know, toward the end of the list. <laughs> uh, it was crazy. That's such bad luck. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, I'm literally here, like right in front of the cast member that would put my name down, you know, but it wasn't meant to be. Um, so if, could so you not I would just say, be stubborn and just like stay there until they could put you down no i've there were other people that tried to do that but they they were like we're really sorry can't they even had the managers out there saying that same thing you know like we really can't and even the people that got their names on the wait list were not even guaranteed to get in is what they were saying too but i could believe it because there were still people from the group before us that were waiting in line because their names got you know selected right but they were still waiting outside of the door of Ogus cantina to get in so it's like wow this was the group before us and they only had an hour left right so they're still mm -hmm. waiting and i was like man this is extreme um so one day one day we're gonna get in there but i don't know when <laughs> yeah in all honesty when we're down there for even during d23 i really doubt we'll be able to go yeah because for one you have to put your name down on a virtual queue to get into the land and then two um you have to get your name on the wait list but they run out of slots and but for me if if i was there in the morning i wouldn't mind if i get my name on the wait list and then i get ended up called in the evening because you know as long as yeah. i'm on the wait list you know but yeah if you're there from the morning you can be there until the evening you know um but that's uh yeah that's august cantina it's probably going to be the most popular spot in the park i see in the foreseeable future for a long time uh would you say that too nelson yeah i think that's just the unfortunate truth <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
So yeah, because if you I guys, mean, again, yeah. this this uh, restaurant or this establishment is the first in Disneyland outside of Club Thirty Three um, to yep. serve alcohol in Disneyland. Exactly. So if you don't have a Club Thirty Three membership or know anybody that does, then um, this is the spot to get alcohol. H- however, the alcohol is really expensive. Um, well, of course. It, yeah, it will be so. one way or another, but. If you were to drink in Disneyland Resort, just go to DCA. Right. I mean, it's a, a lot more affordable and there's more access to it. Um, but, you know, just for the experience, I just wanted to go in and, and, and take some videos or pictures and stuff. But, you know, oh, it's okay. Definitely. I still want to. <laughs> right. Exactly. But uh, I just I agree with you. I just can't see when we'd be able to. <laughs> you know, the feeling that I had, it was like it felt like a nightclub, you know, like they have a bouncer at the door and. <laughs> they have you know, people that, waiting yeah. outside the door. I was like, man, this is a popping spot, man. So, you know, they've got a DJ. You can hear it, the music from yeah, outside. Well, DJ Rex is in there. Exactly. You can hear it going boom, boom, boom from the walls, right? Um, but I'm like, man, it's really popping in there. Um, but yeah, that's that's probably going to be the most popular thing if you want. If so, if you have a reservation coming up and you really have your heart set on Ogus Cantina. You need to be one of the first people getting into the land from your group. So you need to be at the front because it seems like everybody at the front had that idea to go to Ogus first. So that's my suggestion for you guys if you are trying to go to Ogus. Um, so let's talk about the <laughs> probably one of the other things that has another wait time in terms of merch. It's going to be the, the droid factory. Nelson, did you get a chance to go inside the droid factory at all? Uh, no. When we were there, it was pretty much toward the end of our reservation, and I was just taking pictures and video outside. I know you went through. You went in through the exit. Yeah, I went at in least through the on exit the first day. Yeah, I went in through the exit on the on that first day, so I could just like take a video, a little bit of the inside, and see what people are doing. You know. Sure, sure. Um, but it turns out you can also go in through the exit if you're gonna buy stuff that's like. The pre-made stuff uh, because they do have pre-made droids like r2d2 they have a rex droid um, they have a c3po you can buy that stuff uh, if you go through the exit you know like you could already buy that because it's already pre-made but the um, building a well, personal one that you have to right. go through yeah so process. building your own personal droid you have to stand in line um, and there's usually a line to, for the front entrance there and you know if you want to build your own droid that's where you got to go. Right. Um, so if you have your heart set on that, uh, get in line there too, because that one gets that gets pretty long, it, o- over an hour maybe, to, to wait to build your own droid. So I also did watch a video on the process of building it. It's kind of uh, hectic, the way they have it set up. Did you uh, see any videos on that, Nelson? I just remember, I think from the video you captured, there's like a conveyor belt that just had droid parts on it that you can That's right. pick up. That's right. So I'm like, so, oh, okay. <laughs> so what happens is uh, you, so once again, you pay first, um, just like with the lightsaber, you pay first. Uh, you either pay for the BB unit or for the R unit. Um, and then they give you a schematic. Well, the schematic is already there on the building table. Uh, but they, if you need help building your unit, there's... There are cast members there who tell you which parts you still need. Um, so, you know, you just the conveyor belt is bring the parts around. You pull it out of the conveyor belt and you just put them together, basically. Um, they have some power tools available for the steps that you need to, like, screw things in, you know. So they have, like, a auto screw or whatever. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. So it, it kind of reminded me of, like, an auto shop where, you know, you know, 
yeah, um, yeah definitely but, but yeah it's like that's that's what they do the conveyor belt comes around you pull the part out of the conveyor belt you put it together and there's your bb unit or your r unit and then they sync the unit to a remote control so that way you can use the remote control to control it to move um you also get a choice of chips that that are like the brains of the unit so it's like their it, it it's their temperance basically so you can get like a get one that's a mischievous one you know or like the one oh. that's like brave or heroic or something like that um so yeah those are the chips that you buy for your unit i think they have huh. eight different person i think they call them personality chips and you have like eight different ones that you could select from. So yeah, that's uh that's building your your astromech there. Uh, what do you think, Nelson? You saw them, right? You saw them in person. What do you think of them? Um, I mean, it's a it's another cool concept. Just like the lightsabers, you get to build it yourself. Um, and I guess in this respect, like the kyber crystals, like the personality chip is what you can like interchange to make it different. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a cool idea. I feel like they're overpriced. <laughs> yeah. No, I I was gonna say like yeah, I mean, it's a cool idea but it's probably not something i would buy personally right right yeah so um that's that's the uh building your astromech um do you, so back a little bit let's back up to the creature shop a little bit did you see that um uh, like monkey thing that people have on their shoulders oh yeah i mean <laughs> when i saw them even in disneyland when people were walking around so i'm yeah. like oh so they have like these little monsters that you could put on your shoulder just kind of like those little group figures like that you could buy yeah. at the store for guardians of the galaxy <laughs> yeah so. and i was like kind of creeped out because those those things you put on your shoulder they like move their heads and like oh. move their mouths yeah i, I like, mean <laughs> um that actually reminds me you could actually buy um, an ecron from Pandora that is something similar. It'll oh. actually like sit on your shoulder and um, it like will move also. So they they probably took a page of the out of the book there from Pandora and did something like that for this, right? Right. Yeah, I think that's uh, pretty much what exactly it is. Just instead of a Pandora theme, it's a Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, it, they're, those are pretty cute. cute. I, I, don't, I don't know about cute, but they're kind of creepy to me. Um, but yeah, they they had those around. Um, but yeah, let's let's uh, talk about uh, the docking bay seven because that's nice. uh, we did eat there at docking bay seven, and you ate there too with us. Yep, um, that's the um, it's the quick guess, service food right. and beverage spot to eat basically mm-hmm. the uh watering hole i don't know i'm not really water like a cantina type thing but not really a cantina you know mm-hmm. um so on the top there did you notice the crates have numbers on them so there's like a 77 there's an 83 and then there's another number in there uh those numbers are actually the uh the years that the first trilogy were released first trilogy hey, movies were released. that's a nice little uh, um hidden Easter secret egg yeah, yeah. so Whoever's going there, check it out. Go look at the the crates on the like the roof of the docking bay seven. They have the numbers, and those are for the original trilogy. So, little shout out there for you guys. Um, so yeah, when we went into docking bay seven, uh, let's talk about what we got. Uh, what did you get when we when we went there? Um, I got the Endorian tip yip. Yeah, and, and uh, essentially it's a piece of fried chicken. But it's boneless, so you don't have to deal with that. And uh, so, what what did it? What was underneath it? Because I remember. Oh, it it was thing. a vegetable mash with uh, a kind of gravy. Mm. So it, it's essentially mashed potatoes with like mixed in uh, carrots and peas and uh, probably uh, some other vegetables in it. But it was overall pretty good. I enjoyed it. What did you think of the chicken? Um, in all honesty, it reminded me of KFC. 
<laughs> really? Wow. The flavor, at least. Mm. Um, the the texture was not. It, I want to say it was chicken breast, like just cut up in right. a long strip. Right. Because I mean, it was boneless and it was just a solid piece of chicken. Yeah. So yeah, I did notice that. Um, that's the only part of the chicken meat that I could think of. <laughs> it's like this is probably part of a chicken breast. I mean, I liked it. Uh, the coating was more reminiscent of just like a simple batter on it that you know then they fry it. But the overall taste, um, it. Like I said, it reminded me of KFC, in all honesty. Yeah, nice. So well, I, I prefer Popeyes, but, you know, <laughs> that's just me. Yeah, yeah. So I, I remember we did mention when we were going over the foodie guide that they were trying to be more California style. You know what I remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think after seeing the dishes in person? Did you think it was, they were trying to do that more culinary Cal, uh, California style? With the dishes? Um, well, with mine that I got, uh, I didn't really see it. Okay. Um, but for the desserts that I got, it was more of the presentation. Yeah. They like look pretty fancy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So but, uh, what were you got both desserts, right? Yeah. One was the Oyoy Puff, which mm-hmm. was essentially the passion fruit raspberry like tart. Almost. Okay. And then there was the Bantu Batu Bon. Oh, the Bon Bon thing. Yeah, it's a, essentially a Bon Bon, but it's a chocolate cake with then white chocolate mousse on top. Nice. But it looked like a like a sphere, like put together. So. Right. I mean, both. I enjoyed both of them, but I think the Oi Oi Puff was uh, more to my liking. It ah. was more. It was more uh, exotic, I guess, since it's right, fruit. right, right. So yeah, that was. Oh, and then they had the sporks, right? Oh, right. Yeah. When uh, after we each got our food dishes, I went to go get uh, utensils for the table, and you know, there's different little cups with you know the each utensil sticking out of it. So I went to look in one, and I saw the the spoon shape. So I pulled out three for you know the three of us. And then I went to look at another cup and like, oh, they're all the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's exactly. no knife. There's no fork. There's no spoons. There are sporks. There's sporks. And then, and then the, the tongs were on the side of it. Oh, yeah. The, for the, the little fork porky parts. Part. Yeah, the fork part. It, was it like wasn't the centered. Side. Yeah. Yeah. And then because the, I think the other side was a little bit sharper to cut stuff. So it was like a knife, spoon, and fork all at the same time. Yeah, I guess that's what they were going for. <laughs> so um, here's a little update for you. They don't put out the sporks anymore. Oh. Yeah. Apparently, people, people were sta- stealing, stealing them. Yeah, I see. Okay, there we go. So they have been giving us the, you know, individual plastic forks. Because we went again to Dock and Bay 7 yesterday, and I was like, where are the sporks? And uh, it turns out they were just giving us the plastic individually wrapped forks and i said wow okay and then i asked what happened oh people were stealing them oh okay <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things this people. is why we can't have nice things because it's like a one-day thing where they put the sporks out and then people yeah start i mean stealing them. I've obviously we were able to have them and use them because that was day one so yeah if you guys go there if you're listening to this you go there during your reservation and they don't have sporks that's the reason why so yeah i can't <laughs> oh, believe it goodness. man <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, what so what we tried uh, on the thirty first was the um, it was it was a salad it was a noodle salad it was cold noodle salad with um, shrimp. shrimp and man I think that is the best thing on the menu it was it's yeah, so good you you and Thea were really liking it oh yeah it's a cold noodle salad but it has you know like like vinegary like a balsamic or I don't know it was very good a citrus taste to the sauce um, it was it worked well. 
because um, we did try again we tried something yesterday it was the uh, cavatelli pasta with the with the, so it's the shack roast right um that's what they call it it's a pretty much a pot roast on top of some pasta um it was good it was like it tasted like diner food um mm. but you know it's it was okay um uh, i did like the the taste of the pasta mixed with the the pot roast it was all right um but yeah that noodle salad was <laughs> probably the best one so yeah that's um that's locking bay seven we didn't neither of us tried the ribs right no i did yeah not I this did, time around at least i did watch people eat them and it was a little bit messy because you know they pick it up you have to pick it up um you know with a with a fork it's hard to eat that thing um, yeah, even, I even mean, when I went forks. to go pick up the sporks the first time we went, um, I mean, they did have a little container with the little handy wipes. Exactly. So, you know, that's because they have they do offer the ribs. So but yeah, that was um, that's Doc May Simming for you guys. Uh, if you get hungry and you want to eat somewhere, that's the place to go, because currently Ogos Cantina doesn't serve any food. <laughs> and once and they do, I can only imagine them getting even more busy, even more crowded. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, that's um, that was Docking Bay Seven, and then I guess the last thing we could talk about is gonna be uh, actually not not even the last thing, but we'll talk about Smuggler's Run because it's right next to Docking Bay Seven. Mm-hmm. So Smuggler's Run, uh, you wanna talk about the experience of that thing uh you know with a queue and everything like that yeah so there's the mock-up of the actual millennium falcon which is spectacular just to even stand next to it right and take it's, pictures it's phenomenal just like holy cow and it's the one-to-one scale so yeah exactly it's really cool just to look up and see all the intricate details that all the imagineers put into it so um, i was thoroughly impressed um, the entrance to the right is to the left of it when facing the Millennium Falcon. And then the first bit of line queue kind of zigzags into an inside garage or an indoor garage, mm-hmm. which you kind of make your way like it inclines and ramps to be on the second level. Right. Um, so by the time you're up above the Millennium Falcon, you actually can look and see through the window on top of it. So you can see even more detail, which is <laughs> much appreciated. Just oh, yeah. being able to see it in all of its uh, grandeur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you de- From what we experienced, it was only one loop. So you go forward and then loop back once and then you get you enter further inside and that's when you get sorted right um and then you get enter the room where you're introduced to hondo anaka and he tells you the essentially the mission the mission per se and you you see in the the wind quote-unquote windows in the background which are actually just high quality screens of the millennium falcon flying flying into that new docking bay so when you then walk forward into more corridors and hallways, you're actually, it's, it seems yeah. like you're going to be walking into the, the Falcon, Millennium yeah. Falcon that way, which is actually pretty cool. Um, once we got to that one common area that I would say is like the center of the Millennium Falcon with like, you know, the chess table. Right. Um, that's just another holding area and another area where they separate out your groups. Um, I don't know how many corridors there were from there, but we obviously went down the one on the most furthest right mm-hmm. after entering that one area. Um, and then from there, we, I guess, enter another holding room where it has a video that plays uh, more specifics <laughs> of the mission itself. And then the cast member also tells you each of the roles. So, you know, the pilots, the gunners, and then the engineers. And from there, you actually enter the cockpit. You buckle up and then... You actually, you know, start turning on the 
the engine things like that right yeah you do the whole startup sequence and then off yep. you go do the ride and then you exit through the power lift on the right at least it was on the right for us um, could be different then, location from other right like, since i mean i if i recall correctly you're supposed to be churning out like close to a thousand people if not 1200 per hour right so yeah and then you just exit the ride so it's uh it flowed really nicely i was thoroughly impressed with the ride because like it was pretty fun yeah um, so in all in all honesty i think the gunner position is the most boring yeah you think so because you well, just if press you're button button right if you select the automatic gunning then you're obviously just smashing a button to shoot the gun right there's no aiming on your part if you do uh, manually when, you have to aim it yeah when we were when we rode it um the little kid and his dad they left it on automatic i believe right so we weren't able to see what the manual looked at like but um, I think the pilot's positions are the most interesting because the left pilot controls the ship going left and right, and then the right pilot does up and down. And also so, entering hyperspace. Right. Um, I just think that's the most involved, and it would be best if you do it with a friend. Yes, so you're more in sync. I, th I think the two pilots we had, they didn't know each other. <laughs> yeah, they probably were just like... Yeah, well, they were just doing like their own thing. They didn't know anybody, yeah. Because I felt like we crashed way too much, and... It just, like, if you review and watch the video that, I mean, you just put up. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, they didn't look like they were even talking to each other. <laughs> so. I know, a little bit of communication would have helped there. Right. Uh, at any rate, um, the engineer position was pretty fun. I mean, you're essentially just smashing whatever buttons light up or switches that light yep. up to, quote-unquote, fix the ship, whatever gets damaged during the run. But, um I mean, I, I actually got only 81%, so I missed a couple buttons by the end. Because after the ride's done, you actually, on the little screen next to you, you'll see your percentage of how well you did. Yeah. So. Yeah. It'll show you that, and then it will show you how many credits your whole team gets, I guess. Or is yeah, it that's right. Individual? Mm -hmm. I think it's the team. Because it, like, yeah, got cause it'll show, like, the... the repair costs yeah um it'll show like uh the take because i mean we only retrieved one one of those container yeah. of the the material we were trying to steal but yeah uh, so i mean i was at 100 percent, so i was like how come i didn't you know how come we didn't get more yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah it was probably overall so yeah that was um that was our experience there it was i i thought it was okay uh it was it was reminiscent of star tours without the you know 3d glasses that make me really dizzy you know? Oh, th I was so thankful it wasn't yeah. 3D. I was <laughs> so thankful. I, I probably would have been like, Ugh, by the end of that. I, I would 3D. have not worn the glasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just let it be, right? Just let it go. Yeah, because yeah, I, I had a tendency to do that now with Star Tours, not put the glasses on. But I feel like Flight of Passage, I might just, I might do it. I might put the glasses oh, on. I, oh, man. The Flight of Passage one. Oh, gosh. That's, it's so that's awesome. That's another thing, right? <laughs> yeah, that's totally different. Yeah. So, yeah, that I've was... I've only a, ridden that ride twice, but... Holy cow. Yeah, I, I bet it was holy cow. So, yeah, that's that was a smuggler's run. So if you guys want are going to go there, you're going to have plenty of time uh, to ride it. So this is one of those things that you sh shouldn't have to stand in line for over 90 minutes. And if need be, you can go single rider because that I hear that experience is quick. Like you just go in and you sit. 
like you're you're in there right away, right? Yeah, they do um, offer single rider for this ride. Yeah, uh, unless you really want to be with a group of people that you know or something like that, your whole group of people that you're going with, um, single rider, you'll get in there in like five minutes. Uh, yeah, and when we mentioned in our video, um, if you're going during the reservation time up through June 23rd, right? Um, we suggest don't going straight there. Yeah, because. A lot of people do that. They'll go straight there, and it makes the line build up to 70 to 90 minutes, uh, yeah, which you shouldn't have to be. Yeah, you shouldn't have to be waiting that. Go toward the middle of your reservation or after you've done your things that require a line, like maybe the lightsaber or ogas or whatever, and then you'll still have time to ride it as long as the next group of people is not coming in, which is an hour before your reservation time is up. Right, there's an hour overlap. That's that o hour overlap. So, so yeah, that's uh, that was Smuggler's Run. Um, yeah, we overall enjoyed it, uh, but you know, there's there's some hints of Star Tours, and it's a standard, you know, simulator ride, I think. So let's uh, move on to, I guess, the last piece of the or the area that we didn't talk about, I guess, was the uh, the first order section right yeah that's how the milk stand there there's the milk stands in that area as well as the it's a thai like ship that it, kylo i believe ren, that's the first or, that's a first order shuttle yeah and kylo ren there so they do have a, a kylo ren coming out and doing a stage show thing there um i didn't watch it uh, we didn't watch it but he does come out with some uh, first order stormtroopers as well as uh, like a lieutenant and he kind of like force chokes him and stuff and it's it's a whole deal thing you know uh, mm. but we didn't get to see it but they do do that um i'm just kind of curious why there's a whole first order section in uh batu i know? was gonna actually bring that up because i thought and even in the description of the yeah. land this was supposed to be um a resistance like base yeah, and it's first order free. Right, exactly. So uh, that's why I was kind of confused because when they were building it up, they were saying, you know, this is a resistance only base and they're not supposed to have any first order representation in there. But you've got first order stormtroopers walking around and you got Kylo Ren showing up and you even have that, you know, that, that shuttle there and a, and a whole store that's um, dedicated for first order. So, you know, they've got first order banners and things like that. So it's like, I was confused. I mean, uh, I understand why they would have it in there, like as a, just as a, a land. So like as a, as in Galaxy's right. Edge. Right. But I mean, they, if that was the case, then don't say that it's specifically a resistance base. Right, exactly. Like Batu can't be a resistance base or even the Black Spire outpost. It's kind of uh, contradicting itself there. Yeah. Yeah. But um, overall, the feel was good. I liked it. Um, what did you think, Nelson? Oh, let's talk about the milk stand because that's the uh, the last thing that we we did try, right? Mm -hmm. um, so they have blue and green milk, and this the milk stand sells them for seven ninety nine each. And the blue and green have different hit types of flavors to them, um, and uh, they're the frozen type. So it's like a slushy. yeah, it's a slushy, right? Um, and you tried both? Did you try both? Um, yeah, I. I personally bought the blue milk, but I was able to get a sip of the green milk. Yeah, because I did, I did buy the green one. Mm -hmm. um, so, what are your thoughts on both? I, I know you bought the blue. What do you, what did you think of the blue? I, it, it definitely was an interesting flavor. Um, I can't really relate it to anything that I know of. Right. But I mean, I I enjoyed it overall. Yeah, um, yeah. It had a sweetness and almost a, like a mint to it. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Again, I can't really relate it to anything that like that I already know of. But uh, I thought it was refreshing, and it wasn't. I mean, it was actually a pretty cool day that day. It wasn't 
like really really hot, hot yeah. but i i could see that being a refreshing drink on a hot day same here um i i bought the green milk for for zane uh mm-hmm. he really liked the green milk when yeah, i tried he it, actually gave like he made a face when he tried the blue milk yeah he didn't really like he like didn't it, like it but. yeah um i i do say that the blue is is sweeter if you like a sweeter tasting mm-hmm. um drink go for the blue if you like something that's less sweet um more neutral go with the green uh both of these drinks are plant-based so they're not uh you're not gonna have to worry about any lactose intolerance or anything like that um so if you do want to try it try one try both mix them well you can't have them mix it you have to buy two and then mix it yourself but you know try them they're good um right. i would say i do like the blue better i did try your try your blue i do like it better as well so yeah that's the that's the milk stand um and then we somebody did ask what the blue is and they said it's bantha milk <laughs> og og there you go uh so yeah there you go guys um another thing to note is i did go yesterday and when i walked around it felt a lot more crowded than it did on the 31st um i i don't know what it is if they made more reservations available for people or if more people decided to bring people with them you know because you can max out the number of people at i think six on your reservation so i don't know if it was that because people were bringing six people in with them or it was because it was a saturday and that many people were available to come in but it felt a lot more crowded than we went on the 31st um even the milk stand the line was really long and i said wow i'm not even gonna buy new milk here um walking around they so nelson do you remember when we went and then you could walk down the ramp that's by Docking Bay 7 to get down to the Millennium Falcon and those stairs mm-hmm. that go down there. Yeah. You, you can't walk down that way anymore. Um, they, they changed it so that becomes an exit only from Smuggler's Run. So in order to get to the Millennium Falcon, you have to walk around, like all the way around by Ogus Cantina. You have to walk around that way to get oh, to it. Oh, goodness. Yeah, so they changed the flow. They have cast members manning the, both the ramp and the stairs, so you can't go down it. You have to come up it, um, which is like highly annoying, uh, but I guess it helps with the flow, but it doesn't really. It, it doesn't really help anything, um, but they did that, and that's annoying to me, but now if you now you know if you're going you can't go down those stairs you have to go up them but yeah that's uh that's another thing to note for you guys uh also you should try to take some uh pictures with uh utilize the the fast pass i mean the um photo pass guys because they're they're good they take some really good shots um we took some and then rissa i guess is going to download them for us but uh yeah try to utilize them they do give a souvenir photo pass that has black spire outposts on it so you know you can collect that too um and another thing is if you if you've seen it nelson you've seen this right it's the um the collectible uh disney gift card right you've seen that right oh yeah that's like metal it's like metal yeah and it's and it's got like black spire outposts on it and it's got an rfid so you can just touch the you know for payment Mm -hmm. so now those are limited in quantity i hear that you have to buy them in the morning otherwise they sell them out because they only give a certain per day they they (laughs) only sell a certain per day because you know people know about it um so I would say if you don't have a morning reservation, you might be screwed over here when you if you want to buy one of those. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> or just be patient. And yeah. You just wait out enough. until uh, there's no more reservation period and then be one of the first ones in and you can buy one basically. So, yeah. Um, what are your overall thoughts on uh, Batu, Nelson? I thought it was a great extension of Disneyland. I mean, I'll bet it was it is a bit. Um, what's the word? Like, uh it doesn't fit the theme of disneyland at all yeah um but uh you definitely forget that 
once you're inside, you forget you're in Disneyland, which yeah, is pretty cool. Exactly. You're so like it's so separate and immersive that it, all there's so many so small and minor details. I mean, we didn't even attempt to try the play disney um app uh, features yeah it's um, pretty cool there's there's a lot of secrets if you're playing the game using that you know play disney app um the data pad there's a lot of doors and things that you can explore and find find out different stuff about the i guess the resistance and and all that stuff so um it's another element that you can explore, uh, basically. Right. So, I mean, overall, it's a really cool land. I'm glad that uh, Disney was able to pull it off and, you know, open this uh, highly anticipated Star Wars land. I mean, I definitely would hope that eventually, maybe, possibly, <laughs> that Florida, over in Florida, they'd open up a whole new other park that's just Star Wars, because it definitely would do well, in all honesty. Um, but uh, with this land, it's uh, it's a nice in, uh, addition. Yeah, so I thought the same thing as you. Uh, it, it doesn't... I th- you know, like when I when I heard of it, I was like, "Wow, th- how is this gonna fit with Disneyland?" Uh, you know, because when you when you go there, it's like a whole another world. It's it's Star Wars, and and you know it's Star Wars. It feels like Star Wars. Um, you know, it it does feel like a big merchandise shop to me a little bit uh, because there's, they they sell a lot of merchandise. But that's to expe- be expected because you're going to a new world, so you gotta buy some mementos from that new world, right? Um, but it does fit in a in a certain way it it fits but you know in another way it doesn't fit uh because disneyland is disneyland right you know that it's that that pure theme you know the pure feeling of disneyland isn't there but you get the star wars so it's like wow this is another planet right so it works um and I like it. I like the fact that it's there. Um, and I, I, like Nelson, feel like they should have a whole Star Wars park in Florida because it would definitely work there. Um, and judging by the popularity of it already, getting the hype in Florida, it's gonna be, um, it's gonna be really popular if they were to do it. So you know, get on that Disney. <laughs> I mean, there are definitely people from Florida on opening day. Yes, that's true. I'm. I mean, I did see that Tim Tracker was over there. Although he did get invited. <laughs> but. Well, I, I know for a fact that Florida people were over here because I saw that people had the... Um, there was a Star Wars Galaxy's Edge annual pass holder shirt that was specific to the one in Hollywood Studios. Oh, yeah? I saw it there in the shop when I was last there in November, and I saw people wearing it when we were here. Oh, so, so they, they're Florida annual pass holders, and they came over here to... Yeah, for because obviously this Galaxy's Edge is opening up first. That's so. interesting that they're selling Galaxy's Edge merch in Florida already. Like, it's yeah, I mean, kind of early. They right? have been, and I did see... I mean, like, I wanted to buy that shirt but i was the wrong annual pass <laughs> right right yeah you need the uh you need that premiere man you know? oh goodness <laughs> but yeah anyway uh that's pretty interesting that there's some florida people uh, that were out here when you saw them on the 31st so but yeah the um overall galaxy's edge is gonna be crazy when it does open in florida because they're not doing the whole reservation system they're just gonna open it up for everybody uh right. i do hope they do a, implement a virtual queue because from what i'm hearing people are gonna camp out on the night before they're, camp- uh, they're gonna camp out in the, <laughs> right in front of the the gates so you know be prepared well, uh, that's a, that's assuming that disney will even allow that yeah exactly assuming they're not gonna say hey you guys gotta stay at your hotel then come back in the morning you know Mm -hmm. but let's see let's see how it turns out over there um 
we are going to visit in November. So Hollywood Studios, we may want to try to avoid, either avoid or see how it goes and then go in there. <laughs> I mean, we do have one day that's scheduled to go to Hollywood Studios, but uh, right. in all I honesty, mean, Galaxy's Edge is not on my priority, priority list. Priority list, yeah, because we, we have been to the edge and back, so... <laughs> well, I mean, we have. I mean, we'll oh, have other people, people in our party have not that right. wouldn't have. But I mean, let's be honest here. It's it's going to be pandemonium. So right, exactly. So I mean, I kind of want to go back to my home park and see what's you know what's there that I haven't seen, like Toy Story Land. I haven't been there, so you know. Yeah, we'll definitely check out what everything else there. Yeah, the other stuff that's over there because it's a park that. Uh, a lot of people in our group have never been to, so yeah, it's new. And new is always uh, different for people who haven't been there. Yeah, all right. The definition so. of new. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, yeah, any any closing thoughts you want to share with our uh, listeners who are excited to go to their reservations? Yeah, guys. So thanks again for joining us for this week. Um, apologize for the really long episode, but it was a lot of content to go over. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed uh, the topic as. Um, there was uh, lots of cool experiences that we had, and um, hopefully you guys took something away from it. If you guys are able to, you know, go during the reservation period, but if not, just expect uh, you'll be competing with a lot of other people trying to get in. <laughs> so, uh, again, thanks again for joining, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. So I also want to thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of the Disney Time Podcast. If you do want to see more on uh, Galaxy's Edge, we are doing a YouTube series uh, from all the content we took on the 31st. I also took some more content uh, down yesterday when I went on the 8th. So you will be able to see more videos uh, when it comes to the land. Uh, we're going to put them out in the series. Uh, so check us out on YouTube, Disney Time Podcast. And uh I'd like to thank you all for listening to our podcast and for subscribing. Uh, don't forget to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast app because it helps our show grow. So uh, I'd like to say don't forget to keep your watches synced to Disney time. And we'll see you later. Later. Disney.